Welcome to Productive Flow, where we answer the eternal question, why can't I get myself to do the things I know I should be doing? Here's the secret I've found. Productivity is rooted in emotion. True productivity and success come only when we heal the emotions driving our behaviors and remove all those internal roadblocks. I'm your host, Angela Kristen Taylor. I'm an entrepreneur, writer, speaker, and I've been right where you are. I've asked myself that same question a thousand times, and it only took me 20 years to figure out the answer. In each episode, we'll go deep into the emotional roadblocks and a brand new integrative approach that I call Productive Flow, bringing together your emotion, your energy, your time, and your focus to help you create natural productive flow and achieve higher levels of success in business and in life. Now, let's jump in. Hey, so I, this morning, I, um, flipping through Facebook, you know, because, hey, I don't have anything else I need to do right now. <laughs> and uh, I came across a, a realtor friend of mine and posted uh, a chart about interest rates um, through time. And I, I want to kind of this, this absolutely relates to being an entrepreneur and not so much productivity specifically, but I want to branch off a little bit here today because it really, um, this conversation that I want to have, it really does speak to why it's so important to be in charge of your own income and be free to be able to earn what you need to earn. Okay. So that's, that's where we're going to go today. <laughs> Why it's so important. So let me, um, I'm just going to pull up this little chart so that I have it in front of me because it's really, really interesting. So um, they show here these interest rates and they're talking about mortgage interest rates specifically because she's a realtor. So she's posting this stuff and it talks about how interest rates, um, in the back in the seventies were anywhere from seven to 16%, depending on when from 1971 to 1980. And in, in 1980, they were around 16%, the interest rates uh, to be able to buy a home. And they went up after that. And you think, well, couldn't possibly get higher than that. Of course they could. 1981, they were 18%. Um, 1984, they dropped down to 14, then 1989 down to 11, 1994 down to nine, and then they went down to eight and then six and then four and then five. And right now we're sitting in between like, between according to, to this for 2015 to 2018, of course, we're well beyond that now in 2022, but that's where their, their little thing ended. It was showing between 3.6 and 5% interest rate. And what I think is interesting is that, you know, I heard something yesterday about interest rates going up in an effort to battle the rate of inflation that we're currently experiencing. And, um, you know, it also reminds me of how so many people have been complaining, complaining lately about the cost of groceries, just the cost of groceries going up so much. And um, I was at sprouts going grocery shopping a couple of weeks ago with um, one of our adult boys and 
I remember, um, I, you know, my husband, and I don't really look at prices when we go to the store because we just, we just buy what we buy and, you know, we check out and we pay. We don't even, a lot of times we don't even know what it is, is we just spent. It's like we pull out the American Express part, American Express card. Sorry, it's early. <laughs> pull out the American Express card and we just um, put it on there because we get cash back. Right. So we just um, do that. And we're not even thinking like, how much did we spend on this or how much did that macaroni and cheese cost? Right. Cause it was gluten-free and vegan or something. <laughs> so we don't think about it. And so um, I remember when we were there, my, um, my, my son was saying how he wants to be uh, more focused on being gluten-free. And he was talking about gluten-free pastas that he liked. And I said, well, I really like chickpea pasta. Um, and he's like, I like red lentil pasta. I'm like, yeah, that's good too. And then I said, you know, back in the freezer section, they have like fresh pasta that's been frozen. That's, that's gluten-free. I don't know if you want to try that. And he goes, oh yeah, let's check that out. And I told him I hadn't tried it yet, but I thought it was made with almond flour, whatever. So anyway, we go back there, we're looking at it and he goes, oh my God, that's expensive. That's like $10. And I'm like, oh, is it? And I hadn't thought about what it was. And then I realized, you know, I hadn't thought about how much we pay for chickpea pasta or red lentil pasta. I had no idea because I didn't, I don't look at the prices. And um, he goes, yeah, that's a lot. I, I can't buy that. I'm, I'm not spending $10 on, on pasta. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. You know, no worries. And uh, then we came to the gluten-free macaroni and cheese that my husband loves. And usually I, I didn't know they had it at Sprouts. He usually buys it when we go camping in our RV at this grocery store that's up North where we're camping. And I saw it there and it was on sale a dollar off. And I, so I called my husband and I said, Hey, Jojo, that Mac and cheese that you like is on sale at Sprouts. It's a dollar off. You want me to buy you? So he goes, yeah, buy me too. And so um, so I get two and I put them in the cart and Zach's like, those things are $15 a piece. And I was like, Oh, I'm like, but they're on sale. <laughs> it's really expensive. I'm like, no, but your dad loves this. He told me to buy them too. He's like, Oh, okay. And, um, and that's the thing is like, we don't think about the prices because we know we have the money and we just buy what we want to buy. Right. Well, <laughs> bringing this back to interest rates, um, what I thought was interesting is when, you know, they talk about battling the rate of inflation that we're currently experiencing. And I'm thinking like, you know, depending upon how high these interest rates go, it could prevent or, you know, really present an even more difficult problem for people who are buying homes. Because right now, I mean, and, and I'm in North Georgia and I come from Orlando, Florida. Um, you know, I mean, it, where we're at in North Georgia, homes are anywhere. I mean, and I'm talking like your average three bedroom, two bath house. Okay. So nothing extravagant, just your average um, entry level home. Okay. Three bedroom, two bath, you know, under 2000 square feet will cost you here in North Georgia, somewhere between three to $400,000, dollars $400,000. Now, a $300,000 house in any market today is hard to come by. It's hard to come by. Um, but this is an entry-level home. Now, when I bought my first house in 1994, I think our interest rate was somewhere around 9%, 10%, something like that. It was really high. And 
our house though, it was three bedrooms, one bath, and it was about 1200 square feet. And it had a very nice fireplace and it was, it was dated, you know, seventies looking and we, we fixed it all up and everything like that, but we paid $63,000 for it. Now that same house today would cost around $350,000 and in, in Orlando, in the neighborhood that it was, that it was in. So, and I, I look at that and I think, God, we'd never have been able to afford it at that time. And that's the thing is that you have to look at, you know, they talk about interest rates and the rate of inflation. And then they talk about interest rates and, um, you know, slowing down the market, the real estate market, right. And reversing the damage kind of a deal. And if you look at it though, if rates go up too much higher, like the average person is not going to be able to qualify to buy a home. There was, um, I remember years ago, I was visiting Door County, Wisconsin. Now, in Door County, Wisconsin, um, it is a resort kind of an area. I mean, if you haven't been there, it's 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 hard to describe. It's like a little, it's the thumb that sticks out, um, the little peninsula that sticks out into Green Bay and Lake Michigan. And so if you're looking at the state of Wisconsin, you know, it's got that little thumb that sticks out. So that peninsula is Door County. And so it's like this little string of fishing villages and your average population is somewhere around two to 300 people in each of these little villages. And it's a great little spot, really nice, um, filled with state parks and these beautiful bluffs and water views. And it's just stunning, very natural, very hilly. It's just gorgeous. And in the summertime, that whole place is completely overrun with people camping <laughs> and visiting and staying in, in uh, short-term rental homes and things like that. You know, it's just, it's, it's the place to be in the summer if you're in Wisconsin. And so I remember visiting it one time and I, I didn't go in the summer. I went, um, I think more towards the fall. It was just beautiful. And I remember reading an article there in their local newspaper that said that the pricing of their real estate had gotten so high that kids who were growing up in the area would not be able to afford to buy a home there ever because the rate of their salaries locally did not correlate with the cost of their real estate. And with everything that's happened with uh, COVID and, um, you know, more people being able to work from home, it gives you the option of being able to live in an area where maybe the real estate prices are lower that allows you to figure out how much you want your home expense to be in correlation to your income, right? Because if you can work from home, you can work anywhere, right? You have that kind of freedom. The problem is that um, as COVID is, you know, has shifted, they've taken people who said, okay, you can work from home. Now we want you to come back into the office, right? It's like, they don't have that, that freedom anymore, that flexibility. And if you are in an area where your salary is not going to be commensurate with your house payment because interest rates are going up, you're not going to be able to qualify for a home. 
And so what I mean by that is that it, let, let's give you the $300,000 house, right? So the $300,000 house, if you were to buy that today and pay today's interest rate and do like an FHA loan, so your, your down payment's three and a half percent, okay? Your payment's going to be around $1,700 a month for that house, okay? If the interest rate was at 10%, that same house would cost you $3,000 a month. $3,000 a month. That's almost double the payment, which means it's also double the income required to qualify for that payment. Okay. Most people cannot afford a $3,000 a month house payment. Just your average American person cannot afford that. Right. And so if you think in terms of those interest rates going up, and I'm not saying they're talking about them going up to 10%. I'm just using that as an example because that's where they were when I bought my first house, right? But the housing pricing with the house prices were so much different. They were so much lower. And we know how hard it can be to even find a house for $300,000 today. So, I mean, that's like your average house, but it's your average starter home, I should say, but it's just impossible to find in today's market. And it, um, you know, I mean, if, if you're growing up in an area where you can't even afford to buy a home because your salaries in that local market do not support the ability to purchase a home at the home prices average in that area, there's something wrong. Like there's something really, really wrong with that. And it goes beyond what's happening in the market or what's happening with inflation. It's just, it's, it's, you're denying people the right to actually own a home. And it's, uh, I've been reading this book that's um, just historical fiction and I'm just enjoying the heck out of it. <laughs> it's like a whole series, but um, you know, they talk about how, Back then, when people, you know, had a home, they built it themselves and that, you know, they they bought land and then they built their home and they did things like that. And we think in terms today about alternative living and alternative lifestyles and being an entrepreneur has has been an alternative lifestyle for a long time. But since COVID, so many more people have have broken free of the bonds of being an employee and decide to, decided to, to break out on their own and, and be an entrepreneur. And what I love about that and why I'm saying it's, it's so important today to be able to have the freedom to be an entrepreneur is because you're in a space of being able to determine what your income is. Want to learn more about Productive Flow and connect with other business owners and salespeople on the same journey? Then go join our free Facebook group at ProductiveFlowGroup.com. It's free, and you'll also get access to special content and resources. See you inside the group. And now when I was um, first buying a home and I, you know, I bought my first house when I was 19 it was a, you know, um, what do they call it? Assume no qualify, A and Q loans. And as long as you could meet the equity that the seller had in the home, 
then you were able to just match the equity buy the seller out basically and assume their existing mortgage without actually having to qualify for the loan. It was beautiful. It was like this brilliant way to buy. <laughs> you didn't have to qualify for anything. It's like, you got the cash, let's go. <laughs> it was easy. But, um, you know, then it became something where, um, you know, because I was self-employed and I, I was a realtor. And then after being a realtor, I was, I owned this, this virtual assistant marketing company and then eventually moved on to owning my, my coaching business that, you know, I've been a self-employed my entire life. So when I went to qualify for homes later in my um, mid to late twenties, when I was buying houses, you know, I would call my mortgage broker up and I'd say, you know, I want to buy a house. And he's like, okay, cool. Um, what do you want to buy? And I'm like, well, you know, there wasn't even a question of how much can I spend because they were all, you know, no doc loans. So you could go out and buy whatever you wanted because you were self-employed. It was just stated. So he never asked me what my income was. It was just what house do you want to buy? And then he'd fill out the documents. <laughs> so it was, you know, it was like a stated loan. And that was, uh, gosh, almost 20 years ago, you know, when we did that. And that is the kind of thing that it's, that doesn't exist anymore. It doesn't exist anymore. You want to buy a house, like you have to show your income and your debt to income and all of this stuff. And, and that's something that means that your income has to be at a certain amount to allow you to purchase a home that even if you say, I can afford this, the banks can say, no, you don't. We don't think you can. So we're not allowing you to have it. And so the more income you can make and make consistently, the better off you're going to be in your, just it, it, more prepared for anything that can be happening. I mean, today's whole world seems like it's so up and down and we don't know what to expect next. You know, whether your grocery bill went up a hundred dollars a week or, um, which we honestly have seen, you know, we looking back at our American express statements and we're like, wow, we have been spending about an extra hundred dollars a week on groceries and we're not buying anything different. We're just, it costs more money, you know? And, uh, you know, looking at, um, you know, the interest rates, they're talking about the interest rates going up and thinking, okay, well, if we're going to go and buy a house, then we can look at it and say, well, okay, well, we need to make this amount of money. We need to show this amount of money, you know, and that is a whole different story from saying we are not able to buy a house because we can't qualify because we don't earn enough. So we need to go find another job or get a raise or something, or we need to be able to work from home so that, and talk our boss into that so that we can go move out to somewhere in the middle of nowhere where we can actually afford to buy a house. It's, we don't have to have those kind of restrictions. All we have to do is say, well, I can live anywhere I want. I can earn as much as I want and I can do really anything I want. And there is a freedom in that, that all this other stuff, it just, it just doesn't matter as much 
Now, it, it matters for the country. It matters for the world. It matters for the average person to be able to go in and, and purchase a home. And that's, that's really, I think, what's upsetting me the most right now is that the average person who goes out and gets a job will not be able to purchase a home because the prices have gone up so high and now the interest rates are going up. And while, yes, the interest rates will cool the market down and eventually prices will come down on the real estate and like the price of homes will come down, they're not going to come down to a level that matches what people are able to afford because the salaries have not gone up enough. You know, even talking about, um, you know, raising minimum wage to $15 an hour, that's not enough to buy a home. It's not, not even if you have two people. So that means your average family not able to buy a home because they can't qualify because the prices are too high or the interest rates are too high and they're just not going to be able to qualify. And that I think is a very sad, sad situation to be in. Now, um, one of the things I, I've been saying to my husband that I would love to do, and he he kind of giggled at me at first, and then he found an article with somebody who had actually done it, and he sent it to me. He's like, hey, this is what you're talking about. I'm like, yeah. Um, but I told him, I said, you know, I, I want land. I just want to buy some land. And on that land, I want to have like a small house for all of us, like each of us. So like we have a small house and each one of our kids has a small house and it could be like tiny house kind of thing. Right. Um, honestly living in our RV, when we go camping, it feels like a full house because we, we have a fairly large RV and it's like, you know, four rooms. So we have two bedrooms, we have a bathroom and we have a big eat-in kitchen. And then we have a separate living room, you know, with like three sofas and a fireplace and big TV. It's like very nice. And we're very comfortable in that. Like we could easily live in our RV with no problem, no problem. And so I look at that and I think, gosh, if we had some land and we got tiny houses built for all the kids. And then we built like this central, like a like a lodge or something that's like a gathering hall, you know? And my husband's like, sounds like you want to build your own cult. (laughs) And I'm like, I don't know if it's a cult. I just want like our own little family compound, you know? And I think about that and I think about how awesome it would be. And because I'm self-employed and, uh, you know, now my, my, my daughter is, is working with me. And even though our boys, um, our three boys that are grown, because of course Zane's only eight, but um, our three boys that are grown, you know, they're all doing their own thing. But, you know, our our next level thing, next level plan for us um, is to get much more involved in the real estate market and to be, um, you know, buying real estate, maybe developing real estate. And uh, having, you know, short-term rentals and even we'd even talked about doing like a owning like a, an RV campground, you know, um, doing uh, like harvest hosts and things like this. And, and so there's a lot of ideas and thoughts that we have around continuing to build wealth and being self-employed. And it's just, I just want to stress that when you look at the financial future of where we're going, that it makes more sense than ever to get yourself into your own, your own thing, 
where you get to determine your future. You get to determine where you live. You get to determine what you're able to afford. Because although for me, I dream of that alternative lifestyle, not everybody wants that. You know, not everybody wants that. Some people just want the three bedroom, two bath house in the subdivision. And when you want that and you have a job and that job pays you $50,000 a year, and then your spouse maybe makes a little more, maybe they make $65,000 a year. And you realize that as a couple, as a family, you make over $100,000 a year and you still can't afford to qualify for a home. I don't ever want to be there, folks. Mm -mm. I don't want to be there. And so I am more grateful than ever to be an entrepreneur, to be self-employed, to be able to direct my own future and faith. And um, I just, I wish the same for you, you know? So I know the the whole premise of this podcast is for entrepreneurs. <laughs> we talk about being being productive, right? Um, what stops us and, you know, what keeps us going, what moves us forward. And one of the things that really keeps me going on being an entrepreneur and continuing to branch out into other things, other streams of income, where it's not just about my coaching business, but it's also different products and services and things that, that I recommend that I, I can receive commissions on. I don't recommend anything that, that I don't use myself and, and really, truly love because I wouldn't do that. It's not within my ethical boundaries to, to recommend something that I haven't used or that I wouldn't use. But um, I think, you know, that's one thing. But then, you know, branching out into real estate, um, the way I did when I was younger and having these real estate investments, that's another way of achieving more income. And, you know, you have to look at what are your skills? What is your knowledge? What do you maybe need to still learn? What do you need to do? How do you get started? Um, you know, there's a, a couple on YouTube that Joe and I like to watch that they're full-time, well, not full-time, but part-time RVers. Um, and it's called Keep Your Daydream. So if you look them up, Keep Your Daydream, it's uh, Mark and Trish. And one of the things that they talk about on there is to just start small, you know, just start small. And that's what I would encourage you to do if you're, if you're listening to this, or you're watching this and you're, you're wanting to be an entrepreneur you're wanting to do it, or maybe you have a side hustle or something like that. And you're looking to break free. It's like, don't be afraid to go out there and take risks and do it because the reward is so great. It's so great. And to be able to not have to worry about some of these things. I mean, I, I worry about the state of the country from this perspective. Um, I worry about the average person not being able to qualify for home for their family. But I don't worry about it for me because I know I, I've built this business over 20 years. Um, everything we plan to do uh, real estate wise that we're going to be breaking out to probably, maybe not this year, um, but probably the year after. And, you know, my, my husband is a project manager <laughs> He was a superintendent for a big construction firm for years. And he has all that experience and knowledge and certifications and everything behind him. 
And I know that together we can do this. I mean, I have 27 years in the real estate industry. I know this market. I know this, this uh, industry very well. And he does too, from the construction and building perspective. And so I look at our strengths and what our strengths are together and how we can continue to build wealth from the wealth that we've already built from being, from me being an entrepreneur. And I'm so grateful because we can go to the grocery store right now and not have to worry about what it costs. And we can go to, you know, a, a fit, look for a, a block of land and find something that we, that we like and say, hey, I'm going to buy this. I'm going to buy this and I'm going to build on it. I'm going to build something for, for me. You know, I, I was just asking my husband the other day because I was talking about that, you know, building that like lodge, that gathering hall for all of us. And, um, he, I said, you know, how much would it cost for us to build something like that? And the first thing he said was, well, the cost of building materials is up really high and we probably won't be able to find paint. We're having a really hard time paint right now. And I'm like, well, not, not right in the second, but just in general. And he goes, well, yeah, it'd be a lot cheaper for us to build something than it would be to have something built like if we were going to, you know, a neighborhood or something and having a new home built. And the reason it would be cheaper for us is because my husband knows how to supervise all of that work. He knows how to put it all together. He knows how to build a home from scratch. And he has relationships with all the vendors who do all of the work. So it would cost us a lot less. And there's another freedom in that. And so I just, I just want you to look at what's happening in the world. Look at what's happening with the financials. And if you're not out there already, get yourself out there, be an entrepreneur, start your own thing. And if you're out there and you're doing it and you're like, well, you know, I haven't really made it yet. Or, you know, I haven't, haven't made that kind of money yet where I can just be free and not have to worry about it anymore. Um, let's talk, let's talk. Because there is a lot, a lot of potential with any business. And sometimes we don't realize how close, how so close we are to that breaking breakthrough point, right? That breakthrough point where we go from just making it to being a huge success. So, and everybody should have multiple streams of income, everybody. <laughs> so if you don't have multiple streams of income, even as an entrepreneur, we need to talk about that. So I want you guys to, I welcome you to um, go to the website, schedule a breakthrough session with me. So if you go to um, the page uh, for essentials, you can do it there. Or you can go to um, productiveflow.as.me forward slash clutter free, and you can schedule a productivity breakthrough session with me. So this is just 30 minutes, one-on-one -on -one with me, free of charge. We'll talk about your business and we'll talk about where you want to take it and what your goals are. What is your chosen destination? And let's see how to get you there. because. Getting yourself to a place of not having to worry about whether or not you can buy a home. That's important. <laughs>
That's really important. I want everybody who's out here to be able to have a home of their own. That just seems like a basic right, a basic right to own a home. And there is no reason that you shouldn't be able to do that. Okay. I don't want you to have to worry about what the interest rates are or what salaries are in your local area compared to what the cost of real estate is. You shouldn't have to worry about that stuff. So let's, let's talk. All right. Okay. Well, that's all I'm going to say today. (laughs) Hope you enjoyed it. I know it was a departure, but I saw all this stuff and it just had me. So I needed to talk about it and get it out. So I'm glad that I did. And I will see you next time. Thanks for listening. And especially thank you for sharing the show and leaving a review on iTunes. Every time you share the show, you are potentially changing someone's life. Want to learn more about Productive Flow and connect with other business owners and salespeople on the same journey? Then go join our free Facebook group at ProductiveFlowGroup.com. It's free and you'll also get access to special content and resources. Now, stay tuned for the next episode of Productive Flow.